0: Wonderful Wednesday morning, my beloved brothers and sisters. As I welcome you to this another podcast episode of Listen to the Rod, we thank God for His mercies, He spared our lives to see another day, another week, yes, another year, and also another decade. God is good, He has been good to us, and as His people. As Seventh-day Adventist people, people who believe in the Book, we are admonished to give heed to the Word of God. The Book of Micah tells us plainly in Micah chapter 6, we are told to listen to the rod. Micah chapter 7 tells us we ought to feed God's people with His rod. And His rod is nothing more than His Word. And so we are privileged every day every opportunity we have to look into the book and to give heed to the voice of God, the voice of truth. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and they do follow me. They will not follow the voice of a stranger, for the stranger's voice they will not listen to. And so if you and I are sheep of the Lord Jesus, as we ought to be, and he is the good shepherd, the good shepherd cares for his sheep, And in the hand of every good shepherd, there is a rod. Yes, a rod and a staff. The Bible says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And so we ought to find comfort in the rod of God, in the word of God. And it's our privilege today to sink the shaft into the rod. So I invite you now, let us listen to the rod. Today's date is the... 31st of the month of March in the year of our Lord 2021 and as you can see we are moving closer to the end of time. The book says we are nearer than when we first believe. So be encouraged my brothers and sisters pick up the word of God take it to heart and let God give you the blessing that he's promised to all who listen to the
1: rod. The Answerer Book Number 1. Questions and Answers on Present Truth. Topics in the Interest of the Seventh-day Adventist Brethren and Readers of the Shepherd's Rod. By V. T. Howdef This scribe instructed unto the kingdom of heaven, bringing it forth things new and old. Matthew 13.52. Now sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope, that is in you with meekness and fear. 1 Peter 3:15. 15. That everyone who thirsteth for the truth may obtain it, this booklet of questions and answers is, as a Christian service, mailed without charge. Send for it. It levies but one exaction, the soul's obligation to itself to prove all things, and hold fast that which is good. The only strings attached to this free proffer are the golden strands of Eden and the crimson cords of Calvary, the ties that bind. The Answerer's Introductory Concern Do you know? Dear brethren in Laodicea, do you know that prophecy positively declares that the people of God in the Laodicean Church are in a critically dangerous condition, and know it not? Well, brethren, whether or not you realize it, whether or not you believe it, that precisely is the case. And if you hope to enter into eternal life, you must believe it, and that without delay. Whatever else you may believe or disbelieve, this one thing you must believe, for it is the true witness who speaks, and his testimony must be correct. Testimonies, Volume 3, page 253. And remember that above all people, the Laodiceans should not only be the last but the least inclined to criticize, for they themselves, says the true witness. Are wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked, without so much even as suspecting it, but instead blissfully imagining that they are rich, and increased with goods, and in need of nothing. Revelation 3.17 How, then, can they be in a position truly to know anything about others? Think, brethren, and rouse to life. This voice, pleading with you to awake and avert the enemy's pitfalls cannot possibly be the enemy's voice. Remember that the Lord surprises us by revealing His power through instruments of His own choice, while He passes by the men to whom we have looked, as those through whom light should come. God desires us to receive the truth upon its own merits, because it is truth. Testimonies to Ministers, page 106. No matter by whom light is sent, we should open our hearts to receive it with the meekness of Christ. We should all know what is being taught among us, for if it is truth, we need it. Gospel Workers, page 301. The great danger with our people has been that of depending upon men and making flesh their arm. Those who have not been in the habit of searching the Bible for themselves or weighing evidence have confidence in the leading men and accept the decisions they make, and thus many will reject the very messages God sends to his people if these leading brethren do not accept them. Testimonies to Ministers, pages 106-107. He will use men for the accomplishment of his purpose, whom some of the brethren would reject as unfit to engage in the work. The Review and Herald, February 9, 1895. In the light of these warnings, will you not take time carefully and prayerfully to ascertain whether or not God is leading in this reformatory work? He has promised to all who will do this, that he will not leave them in darkness, but will guide them into all truth. So will you not take him at his word and try him? We plead with Yuda for already the agencies of evil are combining their forces and consolidating. They are strengthening for the last great crisis. Great changes are soon to take place in our world, says Inspiration, and the final movements will be rapid ones. The time is coming when in their fraud and insolence men will reach a point that the Lord will not permit them to pass, and they will learn that there is a limit to the forbearance of Jehovah. Those who hold the reins of government are not able to solve the problem of moral corruption, poverty, pauperism, and increasing crime. They are struggling in vain to place business operations on a more secure basis, soon everything that can be shaken will be shaken, that those things that cannot be shaken may remain. It is impossible to give any idea of the experience of the people of God, who shall be alive upon the earth when celestial glory and a repetition of the persecutions of the past are blended. They will walk in the light proceeding from the throne of God. By means of the angels there will be constant communication between heaven and earth. Testimonies, Volume 9, Pages 11, 13, 15, 16. In view of these solemn realities even now looming before our eyes, no longer, brother, sister, hide yourself in the darkness. Stand in the light, lest you stumble and fall and not be found. Come, take time, and let us reason together. The Laodicean Church, the last of the seven churches, Revelation 2, 3, being figurative of the Christian church in her last period, our time, the message on record to her is therefore the last message to the church. So, plainly, if there is any Bible subject essential for the church to study, the message to the Laodicean certainly is. Although satisfied with their attainments, the Laodiceans who believe and take God at His word will not question Him concerning their condition, but will, whether they see it or not, acknowledge that they are in a sad deception, wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind and naked. Having honestly made this acknowledgement, they will, in consequent obedience to the true witness counsel, to buy of Him myself which He alone can supply, anoint their eyes with it and be able to see. Those, though who recline in the false security of self-complacence, will pay no attention to the warning counsel and will, as a result, lose everything be spewed out. Yet how few does this dread threat alarm? How few does it impel to find out where the trouble lies, and how they stand? How few, indeed, does it even trouble? And oh, how few incline to inquire into it for fear that it may rebuke their evil course and deprive them of some sinful pleasure which they dearly cherish, surprisingly few yet all too truly. Then, too, there being instilled in them great fear of false prophets, and not at all awakened in them any expectation of true ones, although there can be no false, where there are no true, they are now therefore almost beyond reach. And behind their careless attitude is seen the truth that the pains of duty and the pleasures of sin are the cords with which Satan binds men in his snare's testimonies. Volume 5, page 53, while behind the deeply instilled fear of false prophets is seen the false watchman's carefulness to keep them from coming in contact with the messengers whom God has sent to them. Our deep concern, therefore, is that there awaken an interest in you, dear Laodicean, to go to the bottom of the matter, to make sure of your salvation. So will you not be sensible and courteous enough to sit down with this light-bearer in humble, impartial, prayerful study which must repay you many, many times over what you put into it? Remember, there is a divine law that converts every honest effort into joy, a personal experience with God, and eternal life. So will you not start now to measure yourself, no longer by what you think you are, or will be, but by what the Lord says you are, and must be. Begin your investigation with the ensuing. Seven questions. 1. Who is Laodicea? 2. Whom does the angel represent? 3. What is meant by being wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked? 4. What is it to be lukewarm? 5. 5. Why does God prefer one either cold or hot rather than lukewarm? 6. What is the ice out? 7. Should Laodicea fail to repent, how would her shame be uncovered? The Revelation, chapters 2 and 3, describes the condition of each of the seven churches, the last of which is the Laodicean. These churches, admittedly, portray the Christian church in seven different periods, the seventh, Laodicea, depicting her in the period just before the harvest, the last in which the wheat and tares are commingled, and the one in which she is to experience the separation of the bad from among the good Matthew thirteen thirty forty seven 47 through 49. Since in her every section, the church must be true to her name, it alone being her identification, we shall therefore consider the question, who is Laodicea? Laodicea may be infallibly recognized amidst the many isms of Christendom by the work she is doing declaring the judgment. Indeed, this mark of identification is pointed out by the very name Laodicea, compounded of the two Greek words lawa and deke, the one meaning people, also speak, the other meaning judgment, the two in one meaning the people declaring judgment. The Church therefore, which declares, Fear God, and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come. Revelation 14.7 is evidently the one called Laodicea. And it is almost as well known outside Seventh-day Adventist circles, as within, that the Seventh-day Adventist Church is endeavoring to carry the judgment message of Revelation 14.7, and is therefore unchallenged in her claim, to the title, Laodicea. Since, therefore, the Seventh-day Adventist church is the only one proclaiming the judgment, and since each of the seven messages is addressed to the angel of the respective churches, the message to Laodicea is accordingly addressed. To the Seventh-day Adventist angel, according to Revelation 1.20, the candlesticks symbolize the churches and the stars the angels' leaders who have charge over the churches. Being the attendants of the churches, the angels are thus seen to be the ministry, whose responsibility is to have the lamps trimmed, filled with oil, and burning brightly, so that the church may give light to all about her. Accordingly, as the Laodicean angel, him to whom the condemnatory messages sent, is symbolic love the ministry in Laodicea, he should consequently be the more anxious to discover where the trouble lies, for he is, says the Lord, wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, With a ministry wretched, miserable, poor blind, and naked, what church candlestick could possibly stay lighted? And with her light thus gone out or but flickering dimly, how could she lighten the world as God has said her to do? Through the eyes of the true witness, therefore, the tragedy of Laodicea is darkly seen sleeping preachers preaching to a sleeping people testimonies. Vol. 2, page 337. While a sin benighted world plunges on hell bent in its darkness. Oh what a piteous plight and yet it is so utterly overlooked. With both ministry and lady in such a pitiful state of darkness, it is clear to be seen that though the Laodicean church is the last in the order of the seven churches, God cannot through her lighten the world and prepare his people for the kingdom when she is in darkness and unprepared herself. Hence the necessity of a new order, a new ministry as predicted in Testimonies, Volume 5, page 80, and in Zephaniah 3.11, 12 then it will come to pass that only those who have withstood temptation in the strength of the Mighty One will be permitted to act a part in proclaiming it the third angel's message when it shall have swelled into the loud cry. The Review and Herald, number 19, 1908. In the light of these facts, the prophetic message to the angel of the sins must obviously be brought and proclaimed by someone other than the angel himself. But this, of course, is the very thing that neither the ministry nor the laity expect or wish to happen. For the sake of the faithful, nevertheless, it is happening. So since God's word says that the ministry of the Laodicean church is wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, and that neither they nor the laity are aware of the fact, it lends heavy emphasis to the statements, sleeping preachers preaching to a sleeping people. Testimonies, Volume 2. Page 337, the message of the true witness finds the people of God, in a sad deception, yet honest in that deception. Testimonies, Volume 3, page 253. Although they are in this horrible predicament, one which should make them tremble, and fear, and give anything to get out of, yet they continue, lukewarm neither cold nor hot. When one finds himself in a climate which is neither cold nor hot, but lukewarm, a temperature desired and sought by all, there he basks, has a pauper become a prince. So it is with the Laodiceans, as represented in prophecy, though their supposed riches are nothing but a death trap. To rescue one from such a terrible deception is a task which calls for the utmost wisdom not only because the victim is blindly inured to the perilous condition he is in, while his rescuers are endeavoring to save him from perishing, but also because he considers them as his enemies, false prophets, instead of as his friends and deliverers, messengers from God. From the lifeline, the saving message which they pleadingly hold forth to him, he recoils, and consequently by his attitude against them, he shouts, Away, away. I am rich and increased with goods. I have need of nothing. I have all the truth. I am satisfied with my position. I have set my stakes, and I will not be moved away from my position whatever may come. Testimonies on Sabbath school work, page 65, counsels on Sabbath school work, page 28. In protesting that they are not wretched, not unhappy. Not miserable, not troubled, not poor, not in need of truth, not blind, not benighted or illiterate, not naked, not without the righteousness of Christ. The Laodiceans are contradicting the true witness, rejecting his counsel, and discrediting his remedy. The eye salve, as only the salve will heal them from their deadly Laodicean malady. Hence if they fail to avail themselves of the cure by searching for truth as for hidden treasure and to apply it to repent, they will be spewed out. Oh, brother, sister, will you not call for the self, Or will you continue in your wretchedness, miserableness, poverty, blindness, and nakedness, and thus compel him to spew you out and to uncover your shame? That your shame, brethren, might not appear to all, God has long foreborn to expose to the world the sins which you have cherished and kept under cover. Not forever, though, will he forbear, so for your soul's sake, argue no longer that you have all the truth. Cease adding sin, sin repent, and return to him. He will just as gladly accept you, and make a feast for you, as did the father in the parable welcome back his prodigal son, and make a feast for him. Be not like the Jew, but open your heart, cast out its pride, its prejudice, and its self-conceit. Let these not deprive you of eternal life at such a late hour as this, if you repeat the mistake of the Jews, your shame and your loss will be as much greater than theirs as are your light and your opportunities and privileges. Yea, beyond comparison. So do not fail. We plead with you to end your long lay in sickness and poverty and no longer imagine that you are rich, increased with goods. Never do you even so much as intimate that you have all the buildings, all the institutions, all the money, all the workers, all the converts you need. Your only boast is of having no need of more truth. This attitude, therefore, the Lord says, is the way in which you are saying, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing. It is the source of your trouble, and the thing which he expects you to confess and to repent of. The angels the ministry's mistaken claim, of being rich and increased with goods, and in need of nothing, does not make him a liar, but rather shows him to be a victim of ignorance and delusion, but has thinking that he has, and knows all the truth, makes his condition even more perilous than liar's, for a liar knows that he is lying. Oh awake, brother, sister, awake. Awake. Do as did Nathaniel. Come and see. See what? Laodiceans, rich and increased with goods, and in need of nothing, with the excuse that the need to take care of the material things of life Luke 14 15 through 19 forbids their accepting the invitation. Indeed not. See the Laodiceans from the streets and lanes the poor, and the maimed and the halt, and the blind Luke 14 21, gladly availing themselves of the remedy. But, alas, not all who come, remain, for when one heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then commend the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. Be not like him, but make the effort required to understand the truth. And others, when tribulation or persecution ariseth, because of the word, are offended. These are they that received the seed in two stony places. Neither be like them, be rooted in the truth. But he that received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word, and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, and bringingeth forth, some an hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Matthew 13, 19-23 Though the bad along with the good are still coming for we are yet in the period in which the wheat, and the tares, the good, and the bad fish commingle, you need not be of the tares, or of the bad fish. Be of the wheat, do, as the good lay aside your own thoughts and ways, then take the Lord's, for he says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, for, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Isaiah 55 8 9 And finally, never be like a Pharisee, who can see the mote in his brother's eye, but cannot see the beam in his own. Matthew 7 3 For after all who art thou? asks the Lord. Art thou thyself not a Laodicean? How judgest thou another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. Romans 14 4. Never mind the other fellow, brethren, you have barely enough time to look after yourself. And moreover, do not measure the truth with the rod of man. But with the rod of God, hear ye the rod, and him who hath appointed it, Micah 6, 9, urges the Lord. Will you not take his counsel? If you will, then without further delay, send your name and address for present truth literature the feast which, though worth everything, will cost you nothing. And besides being the only cure for your Laodiceanism, it will thrill and satisfy your hungry soul with something truly rich and extraordinary. Then all of us together shall have spiritual eyesight to discern the inner courts of the celestial temple. We shall catch the themes of song and thanksgiving of the heavenly choir round about the throne. When Zion shall arise and shine, her light will be most penetrating and precious songs of praise and thanksgiving will be heard in the assemblies of the saints. As we apply the golden eyeself. we shall see the glories beyond Faith will cut through the heavy shadow of Satan, and we shall see our advocate offering up the incense of his own merits in our behalf. When we see this, as it is, as the Lord desires us to see it, we shall be filled with the sense of the immensity and diversity of the love of God. Testimonies, Volume 6, Page 368 And then we shall no longer ask whose advice is to be followed now we want you to know that we truly appreciate your concern for our spiritual welfare as expressed in many of your criticisms and we assure you that we fully realize that be we wrong your advice is surely as valuable to us as be we right our advice is to you so we are confident that you will be agreed with us that we must settle the question who is who to begin our investigation it is necessary in fairness to both sides to take into account the experiential knowledge of each In view of our long experience with the third angel's message, in its first part, as well as in its present edition early writings, page 277, as brought in the shepherd's rod, as against yours in the first part only, we are constrained to believe that the possibility of your being wrongly led by the angel of the Laodiceans is greater than the possibility of our being wrongly led by the rod. Were you in a position, such, as we are in, to be fully informed in both messages, in both the one of 1844, and the one of today, then the possibility of your being right, and of our being wrong, as against the possibility of your being wrong, and of our being right, would be about equally balanced. Inasmuch, though, as you are conversant with the former only, it is more probable that our position carries a greater percentage of possibility of being correct than does yours, Moreover, whether the rod is right or wrong, the angel of the church of the Laodiceans is, as the Lord himself has made acutely clear, in a sad, fearful, and terrible deception testimonies, Vol. 3, pages 253, 254, 260, and about to be spewed out. In view, therefore, of the consequent greater responsibility resting upon us, we cannot be less interested in you than you are in us and you cannot afford to be less mindful of our advice to you than we can afford to be of yours to us. And finally, believing that you are as honest as we are, we are confident that you will candidly and carefully weigh every word herein. Our being, as you know, unswerving adherents of the Bible, and of Sister White's writings, full-fledged Seventh-day Adventists, we are sure that both the Bible and Sister White's writings support the rod 100%. All three, therefore, we see in perfect harmony with one another with the rod giving power and force to the message, as given since 1844. See Early Writings, page 277. In view of our sustaining this solid conviction, you can readily understand that your rejecting the rod, on the grounds that it is out of harmony with Sister White's writings, is not at all to us the actuality it seems to you. Then, too, having every reason to believe that our minds are fully rational, we accordingly have every reason to believe that we are no less able than others intelligently to study both the Bible and Sister White's writings. So let us, as Christians who really want to know the truth, together begin, examining both your position and ours. To begin with, is it not correct that the Christian's textbook is the Bible? If your answer to this fundamental question is in the affirmative, then it compels us to study Sister White's writings in the light of the Bible, not the Bible, in the light of her writings. This, in fact, she herself plainly says. Only those who have been diligent students of the scriptures and who have received the love of the truth, will be shielded from the powerful delusion that takes the world captive. By the Bible testimony, not by hers, these will detect the deceiver in his disguise, are the people of God now so firmly established upon his word, that they would not yield to the evidence of their senses. Would they, in such a crisis, cling to the Bible, and the Bible only? The Great Controversy, page 625. Clearly, therefore, her work must never be interpreted in such a way as to contradict the Bible, but always to clear it. If you undeviatingly follow this absolute rule of interpretation, you can never possibly have any trouble with the rod or with any message the Lord may ever send. Your interpretations of many of Sister White's writings, most notably, perhaps, those concerning the kingdom, being manifestly contradictory to the prophecies of the Bible, cause the one who accepts her writings, to doubt the Bible, and the one, who holds to the Bible, to be set against her writings, thus bringing in dispute and schism among the brethren. Such interpretations one-sided and division-making, are therefore grievously unfair not only to the Bible and to Sister White's writings, but also to yourself and consequently to the cause of truth. So you will, we trust, see that while you are intentionally endeavoring to prove only the right wrong, you are in reality unwittingly endeavoring to prove Sister White at odds with the Bible work which is scattering from Christ rather than gathering to Him. As both your and our doctrinal positions must be in perfect harmony with the Bible, we are therefore asking you to harmonize your position on the kingdom with Daniel 2:44, Jeremiah 51:20, Hosea 3:4, 5, Isaiah 2:1 through 4, Micah 4:1 through 6, Isaiah 11:12 through 16, Jeremiah 30:18, 21, 31:2 through 13, 2, 2:37, Ezekiel 37:15 through 28. We hold it to be a simple, self-evident truth that has the stone Daniel 2.34 a symbolic love the kingdom, and that as it smites the toes of the image, it necessarily must be set up before it smites them, just as Daniel said, in the days of these kings, the kings of today shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. In the days of these kings cannot mean after their days. And unless the kingdom is set up brought into being, it cannot smite the nations. If, moreover, Judah and Israel both kingdoms are not gathered together into one kingdom, as the prophecies say they will be Ezekiel 37.15-28, then how can they be his battle acts Jeremiah 51.20? And how can the prophecies be fulfilled? It is equally self-evident that the many days Hosea 3.4.5 are the long years from the time the kingdom went down, until it shall finally be set up again wherefore the word return cannot mean anything other than that those dispersed many days are to go back to the land, whence they were taken captive. This, furthermore, is the only position consistent with all relevant Bible doctrines that gives assurance of fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah 2 and that of Micah 4. Again, from Isaiah 11 we see that the Lord is to set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people Isaiah 11 11, and that when he does so, he will prepare a way for them like as it was to Israel in the day that he came up out of the land of Egypt. Isaiah 11 16 And Jeremiah testifies that the Lord will bring again the captivity of Jacob's tince, and have mercy on his dwelling places, and the city shall be built upon her own heap, and their nobles shall be of themselves, and their governor shall proceed from the midst of them. Jeremiah 30 18 21 To Ezekiel, moreover, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whither they be gone, and will gather them on every side, and bring them into their own land. Ezekiel 37 21. The Bible is either right or wrong. If you believe it is right, take it to heart, and take your stand upon it, at least upon such open passages as the ones herein quoted scriptures which need no interpretation. And certain it is that God will accept no excuse for anyone's trying to sidestep them, so plain and positive are they. Neither will anyone succeed in escaping God's judgments by endeavoring on the one hand to dodge through what he thinks to be loopholes in the rut, and by endeavoring on the other hand, to set up in Sister White's writings, obstacles, to take cover behind. Such vain attempts today will leave the perpetrators no more excusable in fact, less so than the vain efforts of the Jews yesterday left them in their attempt, to discover loopholes in Christ's work by the use of Moses' writings, If one's excuse be that the rod's teachings are not found in Sister White's writings, no more will he be vindicated in rejecting its voice on such grounds, and are the Jews, for fighting and rejecting the New Testament scriptures, on the grounds that they are not found in the writings of the prophets. If you are really a sincere and faithful believer in both the Bible and the spirit of prophecy, you will obey this counsel. If a message comes that you do not understand, take pains, that you may hear the reasons the messenger may give. Testimonies on Sabbath School Work, page 65, Councils on Sabbath School Work, page 29. Your integrity in renouncing the sealing message on the ground that it contradicts Sister White's writings will be tested by your response to her urging you to reason with the messenger rather than to reason with his enemies. What to some of you may seem to set this or that teaching of the rod squarely in contradiction to Sister White's writings is not half so plausible, as is that which to all appearances sets the Lord's statement in Matthew ten twenty three 23 solidly in contradiction to his promises. Ye shall not, say the scriptures, have gone over the cities of Israel, till the Son of Man become. But the apostles did go preaching the gospel not only to the cities of Israel, but also to every creature which is under heaven Colossians 1 23, and, as yet the Son of Man is not come, though 1900 years have passed since that time. Christ must have spoken the truth, but it is not understood, just as many points in connection with present truth are not understood, and hence in most cases are misconstrued. When Moses wrote the first part of the Bible he was not given the privilege to write the whole truth which God intended to reveal to his people. Later in the Old Testament period came Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and al then. In the New Testament period came John the Baptist, Christ, the Apostles, the Reformers, Miller, and Sister White, each one in turn teaching truths which could not, however, be maintained by Moses' writings. This is the divine rule of unfolding truth. And only to one's own loss will he refuse to acknowledge that it is operative the same today as ever, even though the message today is derived entirely from the inspired writers before you. Though there is much more to be said on these matters, suffice these lines for the present, for unless for your life's sake you respond to them, more would be only a weariness to you, and a loss of time to us. Our sincere prayer and earnest hope, therefore is that the valuable, irretrievable time expended in this effort of goodwill and deep concern for your souls will be the means of bringing you to rejoice in the glorious hope which the rod sets before you. May your heart yet be responsive to the Lord's voice, which still creeth unto the city. Hear ye the rod, and who hath appointed it, If you are resolved now to comply with this injunction, and with the one in Testimonies on Sabbath School Work, page 65, to take pains to hear the reason the Messenger may give, and to ask questions on the message, whether with respect to the Bible, or to Sister White's writings, be assured that we shall welcome hearing from you, and shall gladly do our honest best to clear whatever is involved.
0: And there you have it, my brothers and sisters. Another invitation to listen to the word of God as it comes through the rod of God. Micah 6 and verse 9, hear ye the rod. It's not a suggestion, my brothers, my sister. It is a direct command from the God of heaven and earth through his prophet Micah to you and I today in twenty. 21. I trust that as we study together, that the Spirit of God would be with us to give us an understanding of His Word, so that we can have our eyes anointed with the eye salve, and we could leave off our spiritual poverty, our spiritual wretchedness, miserableness, and receive the righteousness of Christ, and have ourselves clothed in the righteousness of Christ, so that the shame of our nakedness abominations will disappear no longer, plague us, and vex us. I trust that you would be inclined to listen to our next um, episode. Listen to the Lord. May God bless you and have a wonderful afternoon. Amen.